0: Welcome everybody to the scale up show this is Ryan. I have Josh Ho who is the founder and CEO of referral rock and talks about something near and dear to my heart scaling referrals. He's a two-time founder and has an amazing background in engineering as well as marketing. You're not going to want to miss it. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scaled Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Josh Ho. Josh is the founder and CEO of Referral Rock. Is also a fellow podcaster whose next focus is to be a CMO, um, and his business helps design, launch, and manage customer referral programs. Josh, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Hey,
1: Ryan. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Like I was telling you before, I'm a, I'm a referral nerd. Love it. So excited to hear about what you're doing. But before we get into that, let's do a real quick revenue rundown just so people have um, an understanding of the context of where you're at in the journey. So where are you guys at in terms of your AR?
1: So we're, we're north of a million. I would say we're also profitable at a with 20 people. So that kind of gives a general scoping of where we are.
0: Okay, cool. So north of a million, 20 people. What's your primary revenue go-to-market strategy?
1: Uh, so we are very much an SEO inbound marketing focused uh, motion. So we do that and we have all the demos come in. We have a, sale, a sales team that takes all the inbound leads do some lead qualification automation of our own to put them in the right buckets talking to the right people uh and we also have a trial that people can kick over to and tinker with the software but it's limited and gets them into essentially like ready for our cs team to sort of take over and onboarding get people launched
0: oh excellent man all right so and then you, you just mentioned your team size instead so about 20 people so what is your solution exactly and and like who does it serve and and what are the results that it creates?
1: Sure. So the best way to put who we serve, because I know a lot of people like to think about uh, niches or, and different industries and whatnot. And I want to say we're for everybody, but that's the worst answer. <laughs> but <laughs> but I would say we're for like larger businesses that usually have uh, an element of a brand, right? So referrals kick in when you have a reputation when you have a brand, and a referral software, best fits when you have enough volume that is going through those. So you know, maybe a consulting business, depending on the size, may not be worth the squeeze to even set up a referral program. Because if you're having five new customers a month and you're having them refer people, you could track that with a spreadsheet. You don't need our software. Um, But if you have a massive amount, it could still be a B2C company like a car dealership or a water filtration company where maybe they are dealing with 20 or 30 customers. But they're all over the board and you might have an admin tracking them, uh, but they're also a high dollar amount coming in. So that brand and that kind of where the price point matches of, of how to set up the incentive structures uh, makes a big difference in in how that company can be successful with a referral software.
0: Okay. That definitely makes sense. So like, what would you say are like ideal floor ACVs then for people that are, are looking for a solution like yours that you guys would work with? Uh, it's probably a million plus. I would say. Okay, so pretty pretty big, million plus like a- annual contract value. Oh, sorry, sorry.
1: I was thinking ARR. So uh, no, I would say the ACV can vary because it can be a B 2 C thing where it could be like e commerce and it could be a large volume um, type of thing. So the, the ACVs on those might be you know twenty thirty a hundred dollar types of things, and those work because. You have enough volume cycling through. It's more of a transactional approach. Um, so it's it's more on that. What we usually target, what we've we've actually just been working on on how we help customers is we ask them essentially where I would say, like how many new customers do they get a month? And we look at that and we basically shoot to aim to get them, you know, 10, 15% on top of that. So if you get a hundred customers a month. And then you look at it and say, I can get 10 to 15 new customers via referrals. It's like, okay, now is that going to move the needle for your business? So what? it's a pretty simple math uh, exercise once they look at that, cross-referencing it with their ACV. So that means it's more of a, can can this bring in enough revenue where it's worth kind of setting up and whatnot.
0: The squeeze. Okay. Love that. Totally makes sense. I love you cost justifying it very simply. And then are you bootstrapped or funded? Uh, we're bootstrapped. Okay. Congrats on that! Taking the bootstrap route. So, how did you get to this point? I know you had a, a previous startup that you worked on, uh, and then had kind of a, a unique background in a couple different areas. So, like, what's your your real quick story on just your origin story on how you got here? Sure. So, uh, I guess
1: by trade and by school, I'm a engineer developer. So. Started with that working for different companies and uh, probably in the early Web 2.0 days, back when like Delicious and, uh, you know, pre, even pre, I mean, early Facebook, even pre mobile apps, um, I, I built an app with some friends uh, called UberNote. It was an Evernote competitor. It was trying to be Notion before Notion became Notion, <laughs> that type of thing. And um, it was very competitive. And at the same time, we, we went to get VC funding, we got some angel investments, we did an accelerator, and essentially burnt out because no one wanted to pay for consumer software online at that point in time. So SaaS before SaaS as well. Uh, so that kind of took down a, a certain path. And and I through that, I learned marketing. And I learned two big things. I was like, I wanted to sell to businesses instead of consumers. I still liked to, this idea of SaaS and recurring revenue. And the dream of building software that makes money while you sleep. And maybe you're just in there chatting on chat support to, to help your customers. Um, and the other big thing is I learned about SEO and marketing on how to get leads and how to get customers, even for Ubernote in that day.
0: Okay. Excellent. I think, um, I mean, that's tough. It sounds like you, you had the right idea, just the wrong timing. Would you agree with that? Was it like, if you, you think if you would have done it five years later, you might've had a different response, different outcome or no?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's. I think you look at some of the ones that are successful now, like even in that space, you could look at the, the click ups and the asanas and all these things. And even in our early decks, it was talking about like a personal wiki and all these things. And and honestly, it probably would have been a, still a lot of slogging in that industry to try to figure out what was going to resonate and what was because I think most of the ones that are successful now are because there's a business usage right out of it. Like Notion probably gets tipped in by the personal usage, but where they're really starting to make money is is for this like all in one sort of uh productivity slash project management type of thing. So it would have been a slog either way. It probably just got even more competitive and more engineering heavy. And you know that I think a lot of the ones that are today have been in the game long enough and have a lot more like uh, they have to have a big brand, so it's definitely a long-term play. So I don't know if I could have done it bootstrapped, but um, maybe VC backing, and I don't even know what that future would look like, honestly.
0: Well, that's—I mean, that's—that's that's a very uh, modest approach, but Ken, <laughs> in, in terms of the aspect, you're like, nah, I don't know if it's still going to be there, Ryan. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's let's get into referrals Um, because I'm like you said, I'm a big referral nerd. Love love them. Use them in my business multiple times. And so, like, I guess like looking at it, like, how does it exactly work from your solution perspective? And then like just just walk us through that first, so we have some context to to that. And I would love to get in just like the psychological components of it.
1: Sure. So yeah, I can kind of hit on both of those at the same time. Because one of the things that I believe about referrals is they can go a lot deeper than most people think. And I think the classic referrals is one of these marketing problems where it's like, okay, you everyone knows what a referral program is. Maybe they don't consciously know, but if you tell them, oh, Uber, Dropbox, all these types of things, PayPal, remember those? You're like, oh yeah, those were referral programs. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, we even have in our own internal onboarding training like people going through this it's like okay name rattle off referral programs and after they do that they're like oh wait i didn't even imagine like i see so many of these all the time and i think the challenge is most people think that they're all just incentive based they're all just like uh, you know get, get credits all these types of things some people are on different sides of the fence on is that a Hacky thing? Is it like disingenuous? Am I am I just incentivizing the wrong behavior? I mean, you have a background in sales; you know all about incentives. So you've got to think about all those those angles. And I feel like it sort of gets a bad rep because people just think of it as a monetary thing, especially as you get into affiliate marketing and those types of areas. Um, but the reality, I think, is is that it can yes, it is can be transactional, but the brands that do the best with it are because of they're already getting word of mouth they're already getting recommended and where where they fall down is they don't they they can't recognize any of it very easily and if you can track it and someone that is still going to give you organic referrals they don't want to be tracked cool they don't have to be tracked they don't have to get a reward for oftentimes we will have people in our platform that are even doing referrals and they to want the reward, or they might say, "Oh, can you give the reward? Can you donate that instead, or do something else?" So it it doesn't have to be transactional. And if you're familiar with uh, like the five love languages, do you know that?
0: Yeah, that yeah, concept? I mean, so, yeah. So yeah, so come up today, ironically, which is weird. I haven't talked about it. in, I don't know, probably a year, and then you're the second person that's brought it up to me today. So
1: cool, yeah, because I, I think about that as a way of like, how do people? How how would a valued customer feel appreciated, right? So it may not be cash, which is sort of like gifting, right? But the uh, I think some of the other ones are like showing appreciation, I think was one of them, um, or words of affirmation, that's the one I'm thinking. So it's sort of like, how can you also, just the fact that someone knows that a referral came in through them and they get recognized for it. Maybe it's a shout out on social media. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's just the fact that you acknowledge it and say, Hey, thanks. Hey, next time I see you, you know, Hey, beers are on me or whatever type of thing. And that's enough to kind of like, Oh, wow, that, that made a difference. So a big part of what our platform does is track all those and really keep the What we call the member is the person that joins the referral program, like in the loop. So they get a dashboard, they get notifications. It's more than just the click, share, and done. Like we do all that, but the deeper uh, meaning to it, it just keeps them informed about the referrals, when their rewards come in, if someone registered for a, a demo request or something like that. Since it can hook into, since our software can hook up into like backends like the CRMs and whatnot. It has more intel and get, get more insight to what is going on in the life cycle of the referral which helps the engagement helps like oh this is actually working I didn't just tell a friend about this uh, at the bar and like never heard from it again and don't know if the business got it or if they did it you know it just keep the people that like to refer I'm, I'm a big refer referring person of a lot of services um, I kind of like to know like hey I did did it work did it did did they get it you know and if I if I go to the business and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, man, that's a, that's a cold shoulder to, to receive after you've sent, you know, business their way.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. So you really, it sounds like you're really focused on the closed loop aspect of it and the recognition after the fact, right? And then the tracking, is that like a good, like summary, if you will, or am I missing the mark? Yeah,
1: no, 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 no. That's a, that's a big piece of it. So yes, definitely the tracking, the closed loop aspect of it, keeping that person informed because that's where I think there's a, a long tail of referrals and uh, sort of like super fans. I think there's super connectors, people that once they keep sharing and they stay in the loop. So it's not just they did that share and left. But three months later, they still remember that that cleaning company they recommended uh, is still like benefiting, and they see it. They see it again, and then, then they see another person that was looking for a cleaner service, and it helps stay top of mind. They're like, "Oh, wait, like yeah, I don't need them anymore," but at the same time, like they still, they're still a brand I enjoyed. They recognized it, and I'm going to keep sending them more referrals. So, sort of like a long tail aspect of that, and I feel like our software can help identify those people, help you. Uh, continue to nurture them along the the referral path, so to speak, uh, and in addition to tracking that and tracking other metrics that would make sense for the business, like even getting brand awareness or clicking through and knowing the data on maybe twenty people clicked your link, but they didn't. And only two ended up being referrals like seeing the 20 that actually gave you brand awareness and maybe they weren't ready to buy versus only the two that converted. That's a big difference in understanding the impact of word of mouth referral programs.
0: Okay. So do you, take, do you use a pixel then to like track the people that looked at the, the landing page or whatever the page is? Is that kind of how it works for like the brand awareness aspect?
1: Yeah. So we do, we have a, we have our referral JS, little JavaScript that you can put on the pages and, and that's what we'll do to help track those types of engagements. In addition to do the conversion tracking uh, like you would for any ad type of software, things like that. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I know uh, LinkedIn's got an insight tag. Facebook has got their Facebook pixel. Mm -hmm. that, That definitely makes sense. And then like, I guess so, what would you say are like the best incentives? Then you know, because I know you're saying is sometimes people don't like the transactional aspect of it. So, then what do you think are the best incentives?
1: Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do, um, but a lot of them just align well with the brand. Like we've had really successful ones that are that you know, it may have a more altruistic type of brand, and doing donations on behalf of referrals is a is a big winner in those spaces. Um, but again, it's kind of just like with marketing and sales, it's like you have to understand your customer and understand, you know, if if something seems off-putting. Like if it is like a nonprofit or, again, an altruistic type of brand and they're offering cash, that seems off-color. That seems off about it. So I think taking your general, like, uh, knowledge of your customer and you can probably transition it into that. So other ones that are interesting to work even within those are, you know… People do swag, and people build towards certain elements, um, like where they can say they can even do something. Even if they were to out- offer cash, it could be uh, something like, "Well, you have to get five referrals before you get, you know, fifty dollars." So it's not each one that is stacked on. Or you can do something interesting where you can say, "Oh, I'll give you, you know, double the reward for the very first referral, and then after that." it 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 gets lower just because once the referring knows it's working and once they get the ball rolling and joining the program, then it becomes like more of a uh more of a transaction after that. Um okay. but we've had yeah we've had a lot of success with all kinds of weird creative ones as well. So
0: what would you say is the single best one that you've seen creative wise? Because uh, you got me curious now. <laughs> uh
1: I would say the most interesting one was uh what I didn't think was going to work because I feel like contests usually don't work at all. Um, But it was a, uh, I think, I think it was called CoolBot. So it's a, they, they sell this um, interesting device that goes, that takes a air conditioner and convert. It's like a little electronic device that you could take and you take a normal off the shelf type of air conditioner and basically turns it into like Refrigerator system. So imagine, like building a uh, like you know out of two by fours and whatnot, like a, a walk-in refrigerator type of thing. And they did a they did a contest um, for like a, it was like kind of on brand because it was a the the people that were using the that were using the CoolBot device. Were like restaurant tours and things like that. So they did this contest for like a, I think it was like a private dinner tasting type of thing. That was just a contest. Cause usually I'm like, oh, well, no one's going to sign up for those because they do the math and they say, I'm never going to, I'm never going to get that, that one reward because I'm like, how many people are setting this up? But they ran a little referral program for that. I think it was a spot one, just, just as a, a certain season type of thing. And man, they get, they got, it was on brand and it got, you know, tons of referrals like gangbusters because the other restaurant tours, that was something that was really interesting to, dig in to them for a, for a private, private dinner tasting type of thing. So,
0: okay. So what, what KPIs do you look at then? Like if you're, so those are, I mean, that's good on the, the like kind of incentive side. You you mentioned KPIs that that you look at, like, what what do you think are the most like important KPIs when you're looking at referrals or word of mouth?
1: Uh, so the one, so for a, For an inbound lead coming in or we're talking to a customer coming in, we'll usually ask them about their word of mouth referrals and we'll we'll investigate their brand a bit and things like that. And again, like I mentioned, getting that baseline number so we have something to compare to. So if we can shoot for getting them at least 10% or at least 15% increase, so that's like how you get to the end. How many leads can I get you? So obviously, that's the biggest metric most people are looking at when they're getting into the referral programs. But the ones um, we internally look at, because what Referral Rock can control, we can only control so many things. We can't control how good your brand is, how you speak to your customers, how good your service is, all these other things. Um, but what we look to do is we look to uh, our, our metric to focus on is engaged members. So we do that from both of a product perspective, like how can we... That's why we created things like these notification loops. How can we keep members engaged about the program? So it's not just a one and done type of transaction. How we can get them invested, how we can see what they how how they can see what's in their dashboards. Um maybe giving them different types of things to share. It could be here's some content to share, here's a blog post to share, here's a, a podcast to share. And even the people that click through that, they still get whatever incentive tracking that uh they might have gotten through different links other than just send someone to their homepage. Um, another one that uh, becomes really interesting with that engaged member one is like, we know you can't, we can't launch them or we can't, we can't get them to there until we launch. So a lot of ones we have is also days to launch uh, is a big one for the CS team uh, because it's definitely one of those things where I thought it'd be a lot easier to get people launched, but you know, as you probably know as well, you know, you get into mid-market companies, and the tape that they have to jump through to get approvals, and you really just need essentially a project manager beating the drum and being like working on them on a checklist to make sure they launch. Because there's a su- surprising number that will sign up for the software, they get they get a concierge onboarding, and they don't launch, right? And it's just like you gotta you gotta stay on them, so our other internal metrics are trying to get them towards launching. Cause if you don't launch, you're never going to get an engaged member. And if you don't get an engaged member, you're never going to get a referral and show any value. So. That's good.
0: Well, what's, what's like an ideal time to launch then that like, what what are you targeting now? Cause that, that is really critical. And I mean, there's, there's so many SaaS options out there. Um, Doesn't surprise me that that, that happens.
1: So we target, I, I would say, well, we, we say the onboarding is available for 60 days just to not get a the type of customer that's going to do one and then disappear and kind of keep... The, there's ones that try to keep launching and they kind of keep rewarming and keep reaching out to the CSM probably like half a dozen times. But maybe that's not a terrible problem to have because they're also paying throughout that cycle. Uh, but we we try to target... Probably about a twenty day or less. Um, now, the fact that matters, you can launch in a couple days, um, a couple hours even, and and we built the software that way because we know that's where people get held up. That's why there is a landing page builder inside the software. So we talked about the pixel and conversion tracking and setting up all these things. If you need your dev team or your web team to go ahead and set some of that up for you, like you know what, you can get launched and get a proof of concept out with just launching with uh, our, our landing page built in, which we essentially can guarantee that the referral gets credited to the right person because it's all of the landing page you design, the URL is tagged with the right person who to give the credit for. So we've done all kinds of little things in there to just narrow as many objections to launching as possible. We have like email campaigns. You can send email campaigns out of it. You know, like a lot of SaaS businesses, you end up building a little bit of everything <laughs> just to make sure that you could do it all within, you know, one platform.
0: Yeah. Well, that's smart, Josh. I think, um, I mean, that sounds like a really neat solution. So so let me ask you this. Let's, let's go back to your business as a whole, like sure. zoom out because I know we're getting close on time. I mean, what would you say is your single best strategy for growing the business that that you've deployed over your time as as being a founder? Specifically, a referral raw. Uh,
1: I'd probably say the best thing was SEO. <laughs> um, honestly, just it, you know the way we've set it up and the way you know that the market we're in, there's it is a known uh, term. Like people do look for this; they're very you know solution aware for that type of thing. Um, it may not be the biggest out there in terms of you know market sizes and things like that. And I know I talked about a bit about the why people may be turned off by it initially and might have to be convinced that it's not just about, you know, dollar incentives and and that type of thing. Um, But the SEO um, has proven time and time just to Give me more at bats. So whether there were days when the product wasn't as polished, when I was for building the first versions, and then I had to do sales for, you know, half my days and things like that. So and the dev slowed down, and I may not be the best UI UX person, but later on we brought on other people. I would just say it perpetually provided me with more at bats um, as we progressively went through. So as other parts of the business, you know, slowed down, if our sales became less effective, or we had challenges with keeping the product, you know, up to date and 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 fancier and whatnot, but that just kind of kept giving life. <laughs> uh, so so that was definitely something we figured out early on that has, yeah, like I said, given us more at bats.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's it's definitely a long game when you do that. Once you get it rolling, then it it's the gift that keeps on giving as long as you keep handling it the right way. So, And I, I saw that doing some just research on you in advance of the episode that you do a really good job on SEO. So um, what would you say then is the single biggest challenge that you've had in growing the company?
1: Uh, the biggest challenge probably has been the team building. And I think I probably would have been easily quoted a few years ago saying like, Oh yeah. Like, um, just, yeah, we'll do this and then we'll scale that team and we'll do such and such. And, and just, you know, think, kept thinking I had enough team members enough people on the same page and whatnot. And it it is one of those things. If I, what I thought then versus the hoops and the things I've had to learn about people and management and, um, yeah, just, people's psychology and, and work. I mean, we were a remote work from the start, so that we didn't have any issues over the pandemic transition. Um, I can imagine that being an additional wrench or additional challenge for other founders, um, but I definitely learned a lot about that—about hiring, about onboarding people, and about just you know culture and vibe uh, among our team. So that that that's probably been the biggest one because I you know being a person in another company, you don't see how the how the cheese is really made through that you just you're just cog in it and you're like oh yeah that's how you do things sure and you just you unbeknownst to the struggles that managers are having or hiring people are having or the ceo is having and worrying about key people leaving and whatnot that type of stuff so
0: yeah it's definitely a layer um it's tough i mean people are complex right they're not they're not code <laughs> right so uh make irrational decisions sometimes and um but you know, they're, they're amazing at the same time. So, uh, so that was, it was awesome having you on the show, man, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about referral rock? And then we'll have to wrap because I want to be sensitive to your time.
1: Sure. Sure. So, uh, yeah, you can find me. I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, at J logic, J L O G I C. And, um, yeah, I I also have a podcast. Um, so if you hear about, want to hear about, founder dribblings. (laughs) It's called searching for SaaS. And I'm also starting a new one in the marketing area. Hence your intro of me of like trying to be a CMO. So that's kind of my next challenge is really learning more about marketing from a real CMO standpoint and uh, versus just me, a founder who's playing marketing with SEO. So I really want to level up our own marketing to get more of our own brand awareness, but uh, starting a podcast in that area as well. I think it's called... uh, marketing retro we haven't launched it yet it'll be probably out in about a week so
0: nice that's awesome man well congrats on the new launch by the time this airs it'll be live because we're uh we're about a month and a half out so you'll be a couple episodes in so definitely check it out josh ho is also on linkedin josh thanks a lot for being on the show man it was a pleasure having you
1: awesome thanks for having me ryan
0: thank you for checking out the scale up show